Welcome to The Portable Pastor, a podcast of relevant biblical teaching, linking ancient truth with today's challenges. Each week, Pastor Mike will share God's Word to help you and remind you that God is pro-you. So download the outline from fbcclover.life and get ready to hear today's teaching. Here's Pastor Mike. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here today. I want to share you a a sermon today entitled The Four Kinds of Soil. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 13. While you're turning there, let me remind you that Jesus had already decided that in this point in his ministry, he was only going to teach through parables, at least while in large group settings. And I hope you remember why. We talked about that last week. The use of parables was very common in those days. Uh, you know, if you wanted a, a someone to understand truth or to hear truth, it was just easier to remember when using a parable because the listener could easily relate to the characters in that parable. So it, it was it was effective. It was effective in altering uh, behavior and altering thought. So in a general sense, Jesus used parables just because they worked. But in a spiritual sense. Jesus came to draw people to God through through gospel truth and miraculous evidence backed it up. Even though some people rejected them, uh, people, Jesus chose to teach this way. So most people already made up their minds about Jesus. Explaining the truth to people who would never believe would be a, would be a waste of time because the truth was essential, but people... People only wanted to see the sensational. They, they were only interested in signs and wonders, right? The Pharisees and the Jewish people increasingly only wanted to see miracles. They, they weren't interested in, in truth. So from that moment on, Jesus began to use parables to teach truth to, to everyone who would listen. And then he would turn around and explain those parables to his disciples, people who were interested in that. So we're going to see this use of this new teaching style in in today's sermon. So if you're ready, I'm going to begin to read Matthew chapter 13 and let's first look at the parable and then we'll come back and look at the explanation. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. The great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. The other seeds fell upon among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, that's the parable. Notice notice a few things about this parable. First is there, there was a reasonable context. Large groups were still following Jesus. Teaching this crowd took place after the confrontation that Jesus had with with a lot of them. They were they were the Pharisees and others who would not believe, only wanted to see miracles. So Jesus desired to continue sharing the truth with them, though he knew many would reject it. Therefore, he would reserve the explanation for the disciples. So these short teaching moments were were perfect. They presented the truth to unbelievers, and it piqued the attention of those who were interested in it. Teaching parables was the best and most reasonable teaching avenue for Jesus. So notice next that there's a relatable character. 
Remember from last week that we said a parable had to be relatable for people to attach truth to be uh, uh, or to be interested in it at all. So gardening was a must in those days. Near, nearly every household had a garden and every family had a gardening family member or a paid gardener if they were wealthy. And remember, there wasn't a, a food line or a piggly wiggly in Israel in those days. Most most places had a market, but most people couldn't afford to buy everything they ate. So they raised or 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 grew it. And those vendors at the market were usually people selling the excess, the excess from their own gardens. By the way, no no Jewish citizen would would shop at a store called Piggly Wiggly, all right? At least not during the day. The Jews didn't eat pork. It was against Mosaic law to eat pork. So this Piggly Wiggly, or like what I like to call them, bacon shaking, <laughs> would, wouldn't have not have been a, a reputable establishment where Jesus was. But regardless of the market names, everyone knew what it was like to be a gardener. This was the perfect character to help people relate to his teaching. So Jesus included a reasonable context and a relatable character. But he also he also included a regular occurrence. Because everyone was, or, or at least knew a gardener, they were aware of what a gardener did. And they did a lot of things, including one gardening task known as sowing seeds. Everyone knew that if you wanted a particular plant that produced a specific fruit or vegetable in your garden, you had to plant the seed that came from one of those plants. They knew what it meant to plant seeds, and they understood the difference between planting and sowing seeds. Planting seeds means you place a, a set number of seeds in a hole. Sowing seeds is like overseeding a yard. It's cast, and it falls where it falls. Everyone at that time knew about sowing seeds. So this was the perfect regular occurrence to attach spiritual truth to. So Jesus included a reasonable context, a relatable character, a regular occurrence, but he also included a recognizable outcome. Everyone knew that while sowing seeds, some fell precisely where the gardener intended, right? But some didn't. Some fell on good soil, ready to produce a crop, but some fell on harder places, and the birds ate them. They, they no doubt seen this happen. Some fell on rocky places where the roots can't grow and the plants eventually die. Others had plants, but they didn't do well because they were in poor soil. Everyone knew what that was like. The other seed fell in places where weeds were. And those weeds had, had no chance because the weeds ate up the soil's nutrients and they shaded those new plants. Those plants would die. Every listener would have experienced this loss. So everyone recognized the outcome of sowing seeds. So this was the this was the perfect parable. It was reasonable, it was relatable, it it used regular and recognizable elements. It was just the perfect parable. Jesus was able to tell the truth using this parable and those interested in the truth could grasp it and those who were not they were still told the truth. However, Jesus had in mind a more in-depth explanation to present to those who were interested in the truth. Now now let's look at at the explanation in Matthew 13, verses 18 and following. Follow along as I read. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. 
And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of that word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. That's, that's the parable. That's the ex- explanation. Now, before we, we pick that apart, notice what the parable is not about. It's really not about the sower. Very little is mentioned about the sower in this passage. The only thing that's mentioned is that he scatters seed. That's all that's mentioned about the sower. Now, all disciples can understand that God is the sower, that he is the one doing the work. Jesus the, the, Jesus is God the Son, right? He came to scatter the seeds of truth. That's what his teaching was about. He's teaching about salvation. He's the one who offered up his life for sinful man and, and told us about God the Father's willingness to save us. He's the one who sent God the Holy Spirit to seal us after salvation. But this parable says very little about that. Very little about the sower at all, other than he scatters the seed. He he tells the gospel message. And it's not really about the quality of the seed either. The seed represents the truth of salvation, the, the knowledge needed to be saved from sin and have a relationship with the Father. Salvific truth is a seed that can be sown, meaning it can be thrown into culture, into conversation. This seed can set people free from the curse of sin. But this parable is not about the veracity of, of the seed, of the truth. It's really not a dissertation about the seed at all. This parable is really about the four different types of people who are offered the gospel message. This has led a lot of people to call this the parable of the four soils instead of the parable of the sower. Soil in this parable, of course, refers to people. If you think about it, this parable has truth on different levels. And, and the base level is that we are literal soil. you got to remember that. If you remember, God formed the first person out of the dirt in Genesis. We, we read this. And from that dirt sculpture came the first person. And from him, the second, and so on and so forth. We're, we're all dirt people. The the Bible says we came from dirt, and to dirt we must return. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and all that stuff that we say at funerals, right? So in this, we're all the same. We come from a long line of dirty people. I guess when my wife says, you know, and refers to me as a dirty old man, well, she's right. I'm made of dirt. But when it comes to sowing the seeds of salvation, there are four types of soils or four conditions of the heart that that seed will encounter. All right, so one one type of heart soil, and you'll hear me say that several times, is is a hardened soil. In verse nineteen, some feet, some uh, seed fell on the hardened soil, like like what we would see a, a pathway in a garden. Seeds on the path represent people with hardened hearts who will never be able to accept that seed. It's never going to grow there. These people can't hear the truth of the gospel. Their hearts are so hard; they're not going to let anything in. So these are the the ardent atheists, you know, not interested in truth, in the saving truth at all. They've closed up, they've sealed their minds, just like the Pharisees did when Jesus offered them the truth. What happened to that unused truth? What what happens to an unused message of the gospel? Well, Jesus tells us the truth removed. He he says the birds come in and ate it, took it away. But the, the birds represent the devil, our ancient enemy. 
It represents the devil who who's going to do everything he can to keep people from receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. The spiritually darkest places in the world are inhabited by people historically who are uninterested in the truth. They're uninter they're uninterested in the they're not interested at all in the truth of Jesus and the salvation he offers. So God allowed the seeds of truth to be removed from there, to be removed from there by the devil. Truth can't get in there anymore. And what was once sown there is now just long gone. These people are without hope. They're without hope of escaping hell because they're incapable of being saved. That's the explanation of the hardened soil. But then Jesus explained what he meant by uh, a person with a rocky heart soil, a rocky soil type. Some seeds fell on rocky soil, he said. Some people hear the truth, but, but not really take full hold of it. Seeds on rocky ground represent people who hear the gospel. They're excited to hear about it, but they quickly give up on it when faced with the trials that come with receiving the gospel. These, these people hear the truth and they're temporarily interested in it, but it makes no deep connection with them. They say, yay, God, when things are good. And they raise up their hands. They love to sing the songs. But the first time when something, you know, spiritually uh, difficult comes along, man, they're, they're, they're out of here. These people are okay with God as long as they receive benefits from him. They're, they, they join the church. They attend church during good times. They raise their hands and they thank God for a good day or personal benefit, but they lack roots. When times get harder, and they always do, we still live in a fallen world. Times are going to get hard. And when they do, these people are the ones who bail on God. You can't even find them in church. You don't even hear them talking about, about God anymore. Roots represent a means by which we receive spiritual sustenance and empower us to grow uh, into, a, into a person who has a firm resolve. He, these people have no roots. They have no, they, they're not receiving any spiritual sustenance, so they have no resolve. They know about salvation with their heads, but they don't have roots. They don't have no connection to it with their hearts. These lost people have, have no resolve. They have no resolve to remain faithful, and they will eventually fall away. They will die off, and they will go to hell. And that's the explanation of rocky soil people. But then Jesus discovered or discussed people who are, are weedy in their heart soil. They have weeds. Sown's, you know, they're, they're seeds that are, that are sown in among thorns. And, and those represent people who hear the gospel but will not see the effect of the effect of salvation due to materialistic cares that they have for the world. Verse 22 says that it is choked out of them. These people, like rocky soil people, they, they can hear the truth, but they crave the material things of the world too. But they want to grow in their wealth and their assets and their experiences more than their relationship with a saving God. These are the ones who come to church to gain religious blessing. They, they want to gain the blessing. They want to have the experience. They want to take those things and add it to their treasure chest, which is full of worldly possessions and experiences. Those are, that, that's the thorns. That's the weed. That, that's what those are, worldly desires and wealth that can kill the gospel's effect. Now, the, the cares of the world will, will eventually choke out the effect of the gospel. 
This was this was the case for the rich young ruler who was told by Jesus to separate himself from those entangling weeds of his possessions and his money and trust in God for salvation. And that young man walked away. He walked away dejected and lost because the desire for the things of this world remained in him. He was a weedy person. And weedy people will be lost to hell because they cannot get away from the things of this world. Here, here's the hard truth. The hardened, rocky, weedy-soiled people, people with those types of heart soil, they will not be saved in the end. They're not going to make it. But Jesus told of a fourth soil, a different type of a person, a person with a fertile heart. Seeds that fell on, on good soil represent people who hear the gospel, they receive it, they allow roots to grow, and then they grow. And, and they carry out the mission of Christ. They're being productive in their Christian lifestyle. Remember from last week that these people have open ears, open ears to hear, and their eyes are not closed. They did not close their eyes to the gospel's truth. They have the ability and they have the, the, um, the, the chance to understand and they have the desire to receive it. Their hearts are fertile to the seed of the gospel, allowing it to be planted Planted deep, deep away from the devil's scavenging efforts, right? They have they have deep roots, and it's going to hold them in a solid, in a solid place during times of storm, during times of difficulty. And those those roots will consistently feed them the other truths that they need to keep going. And these types of people, these people with this type of heart soil, they they continually cut away the weeds. They remove the weeds of the world that, that just want to come in and, and choke out their faith. And then finally they produce fruit. They, they bring about good works for the glory of the Lord, including winning others to the Lord by sowing the same seeds of gospel truth. They reproduce themselves, some more than others. That's the meaning of the, the 160 and 30 folds that we read in, in verse 23. People with this type of heart soil will escape hell. And they will be saved to heaven for, for an eternity with Christ. That's the explanation of the good soil. Well, that's the types of soil. I want you to notice the points of the parable, though. The main point, of course, is a person's salvation depends on the condition of his heart. If a person's heart is hardened against the truth of Jesus, they're never going to be able to be saved. They will be lost to hell. If a person's heart is so rocky that it will not allow roots of faith to be established and interest in God and the salvation he offers, that's going to die. That's going to die in the trials of life. And they'll also be lost to hell. If a person's heart is consumed with the offerings of this world, they will, they will choke out the offer of salvation. And that person will also be lost to hell. But if a person's heart is open to God's seed, God's gospel truth, if they receive it and allow roots of faith to grow, keeping them strong and resilient, they will be saved from hell and they will live forever in the presence of God in his heaven. Look, a, a person's salvation depends on the condition of his heart. But, but there's, there's a secondary point. Salvation is more than superficial belief. It is a faithful commitment proven by spiritual growth and fruitfulness. Salvation is more than a belief. The, the devil believes in Jesus. Is he going to be saved? Will he be redeemed from sin? Absolutely not. No. Superficial belief will not save you. I got to tell you, millions upon millions of Americans believe in God. 
and they respect the teachings of Jesus. They even call themselves Christians, but they're going to die and go to hell unless something changes. I, I've warned you, I've warned you about this so many times. But we, we read back in Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You see, belief isn't enough. It is essential, but it's not enough. It also takes a commitment to Christ. You commit to a relationship with Jesus. You'd agree to live under his authority. You'd agree to, you'd agree to live for his glory. See, it takes belief and commitment to build a relationship with Jesus in order to be saved. So don't be confused. It isn't by works that we're saved. The works can be proof of the commitment to a relationship with Jesus. That's the commitment we've made to God. But, but some people trust in their works without having any relationship with God at all. And those are the points of this parable. Now, let me wrap this up. The question I need to ask you today is, which, which heart condition, which heart soil best represents you? What condition best represents your life? Take a good, hard, honest look at the condition of your heart soil. Is it hardened to the truth about Jesus? Will you even consider his offer of salvation? If not, you're your hardened heart will condemn you to a sinner's hell. Is your heart comfortable with a shallow commitment to the Lord? The roots of that shallow faith, the roots of that, that kind of faith will die. And they're going to die pretty quickly after the first challenging moment. You'll be uprooted and you'll tumble into a sinner's hell, reserved not for you, but for the devil and his fallen angels and, and those other non-existent uh, dead faith people, right? That's that's the shallow commitment um, outcome. Is your heart overcrowded with passions? That does it value treasures and blessings from God and treasures and passions for the things of the world? If so, those worldly passions will eventually choke out any truth that God offers, including salvation, and you will go into hell empty-handed and heartbroken. Or do you have a heart ready to receive the seed of the gospel truth of Jesus Christ? Maybe you're already saved and you're growing and you're producing good works for the glory of God. You should pray for other people who are not. Maybe identify some of those folks that you know and begin to pray for them. But maybe you identify more with one of those other kinds of soil. Be honest in that assessment. Ask Christ to save you where you are. Ask him to save you from sin's curse on a hard heart. Ask him to save you from, from a hell that's never intended for you. Ask him to save you from the assured destruction that comes with shallow faith and worldly desires. Ask him to save you and he will. If your heart is right, you make that commitment and you express your belief and confess your sins, God will save you. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word. I think it is very clear. You, you pinpoint exactly what those soils are. And you describe them to a T. And God, I see those types of heart soils all around me. Help me to be encouraging. Help me to pour in truth. Help me to live right before them. Father, I'm praying that if someone hearing this has a, a hardened heart, 
or a weedy heart or a rocky heart, that you would soften it up and they would receive the truth of your salvation and what you're offering and make a reasonable, reasonable response to that by accepting the truth of your salvation. Father, thank you for this lesson today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If that's you and you want to start an online conversation and learn more about that, please just email me at mike at fbcclover.com and I promise I will respond to that. Well, I hope you have a great day. I'll be teaching another parable next week, so come back then. But until then, be blessed. And remember, if you're walking with God, he is very much pro you. Thanks for listening to the Portable Pastor Podcast. Pastor Mike serves as pastor at the First Baptist Church in Clover, South Carolina. FBC Clover is a church that focuses on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. For more information about our church and our ministries, or to make an online donation, go to fbcclover.com or email us at fbcclover at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed. And remember, God is pro-you.